okay, wait. So you're you're reading The Velvet Rage? Right? I'm reading The Velvet Rage. Um, apparently, and it was given to you by a man you went on a date with. Okay, so I went on a um, few dates recently because I've been um, just dating around. This is my bachelor era. I mean, not like bachelor. I've been a bachelor my whole life. But I mean, bachelor like on like in the TV show Bachelor, I've like gone a lot of dates. So I'm just consistently going on dates with people and then not giving them roses at the end of the night. But um, instead, someone gave me a book. He and, gave them something uh, else. No, I don't. I was going to say, Kirk, nothing about you is rosy. Are you seeing my... Okay, anyway. That um, is a thorn. That is a thorn. Anyway, they gave me The Velvet Rage, and apparently it's called Overcoming the Pain of Growing Up Gay in a Straight Man's World. Um, but yeah, I started it. It's actually pretty good. I think every gay man's like supposed to read it. And it's also written... There's a whole chapter that's written for like straight people. And Paul should read it, because every gay man has read it, allegedly. Yeah. I feel like people have been telling me to read that book for a while. I just like... I don't know if I have something against it or I just like haven't done it if that makes sense um you just don't know how to read but um it's hard for me to get through a book (laughs) no but I was the guy that wrote it is a um is a PhD a therapist and I'm pretty sure he like specializes in young gay men helping them like you know come out and come to their realization but this past weekend just reminded me I was out on Friday and I met this woman who's friends with my friend and the most insane woman ever in my life. I thought she was going to kill me. She was very serial killer, very nice, but like nice to a point where you think she's going to kill you type of person. And I found out she's married to like the second or third richest like doctor, whatever kind of doctor he is like in the country. And I found out that she's getting her PhD in something, but the specialization is in gay bear culture. You know I'm what? sorry. No, literally she was showing me, her, she was showing me like drafts of her thesis on her iPhone. Like that is what her thesis is about. Like her PhD is literally in essentially gay bear culture okay okay so and she's like probably like in her early 50s late 40s like iconic to be honest i mean like great good for her that she's studying it i also like i i love i don't know if it's good for her that she's (laughs) i think well i think it's like great that a woman is studying like gay bear culture I, I like I love bears. I think they're super fun. I often like enjoy the bars that they enjoy. So like I'm on my way to bear status. But like I also think I'm entering if you're entering your like bachelor era, I'm entering my homophobia era because I recently was on Facebook and somebody I know is on either a gay vacation or a gay cruise and it's like all bears and they used the hashtag beef dip when they were getting in the pool. Oh god. But that is that is incredible comedy. Okay, it's like Joe Rogan comedy. <laughs> beef dip, dip, yeah, like dip, like dipping in the pool. Yeah, beef dipping, like oh, like, like he's the beef. He's the beef jumping in the pool. Where's the beef? I don't know. <laughs> how I, pool, I don't know. Apparently, I, I have beef with that. I have beef with that. I have beef with that. I'm also really against gay cruises, so I think that we should throw that out there. Like, I think they are scary. I mean, I guess Paul, didn't you, did you meet Jack on a gay cruise? No, no a, cruise, I just, a cruise. It was a cruise. On this day, I think we need to carry on. I think that is, is a point well taken. Let's carry on. Welcome back to Let's Unpack That, your weekly podcast where queer and questionable millennials unpack world events through the lens of anxiety, depression, and everything in between. Tonight, we're unpacking recent headlines with our experienced panel of podcasters. He's the only person I know with more holes than the Olympic rings, Kirk Wilson. Welcome to the podcast, and what are you drinking? Well, first off, I think Erica technically has more holes, right? And um, <laughs> I mean, yes. Right. Like I have one hole. I might do a lot of things. Yeah, but uh, your pores are bigger than mine. So that's probably true. Accurate. I'm white. 
Um, I feel like white people have bigger, I don't know, we have more skin issues. I don't know. Cut that out. Um, Some might say white skin is an issue in general. I might retweet that. Um, I'm drinking water, guys. It's it's just, it's a dry February Tuesday. Uh, apparently not with all the dates that you're going on. But the only thing that he's curling this Olympics are the bunions he got during his walk along the Oregon Trail. Andrew Nagy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I am fully stocked up on ammunition. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Oh, you're, t- you're too young to have played the Oregon Trail. Oh, Oregon Trail. Trail. I, I'm sorry. I was thinking about your bunions. I was like, an am- like what? Oh. Every toe has a bunion. I actually do have one bunion of the only podcast bunion I think is mine. <laughs> I, I believe that's true. <laughs> if the Patreon, if you if you subscribe on the Patreon, you can get pictures. There's no Patreon, but there will be. Let them Google it. Let them Google it. Increase our SEO. Um, but she'll be boycotting both the Olympics and the games her latest hookup is trying to play. She's Erica Ellis, and she's been swindled. <laughs> Can we take legal matters onto the pod? Can we? Um, you know, right now it's between me and Wells Fargo. Um, also, like thirteen hundred women on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's seen this Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler. This is not what happened to Erica, but we are going to pretend. So, if you meet anybody and happen to talk to about anybody, tell them to subscribe to this podcast because we have a real victim, quote unquote, real. Uh, of the Tinder swindler on this pod. I like how you. I'm not 100 real, but I'm certainly a victim. Like that's what we're sure about is that yeah. I'm a victim. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, uh, tonight, as I said, we are just unpacking headlines. Uh, so we're going to go through some of the news you may have missed um, this past week, and we'll give you our take on those headlines. So we will be right back with our first two headlines of the episode. back. So let's unpack some headlines. Kirk, you are up first. What is your headline this week that's got you all rattled up? What do you need to unpack? All right. Well, mine actually was going to be my pack it up, but then I thought of a better pack it up and figured this would be my headline. And I think there's conflicting opinions on this on the pod. So I'm looking for a view moment where we, we scream at each other. But I, um, will be, I will be playing the role of Megan McCain. <laughs> just nobody play Whoopi this week, please. Um, <laughs> so... So mine is about Stacey Abrams. I think we should talk about it as the middle of the road <laughs> people we are. <laughs> because oh Paul, disagrees. Paul, Paul disagrees with me. I, I think, so it's, for those who don't know, Stacey Abrams was um, at a school. I'm going to figure out where it was. Does anyone remember what school it was? I'm assuming it was in, in her, her home of Georgia. She was at a school and she was um, there reading a book for Black History Month. Um, and there were photos taken that were posted by various people at the school. And I believe herself or her team or someone as well. And in the pictures that I'm sure people have seen, she's sitting around a bunch of kids that she was reading a book to. And in the moment, I don't think she's reading the book. She's sitting with them and she does not have a mask on. All the kids have masks on everyone else. The teachers, the staff have masks on every photo. There's about two or three other photos where she's photographed one where she's far enough away. And I think that's when she's reading it. And that's fine, I guess. But there is a mask mandate apparently in that county. And she, this woman and a lot of Democrats obviously have run and continue to speak about, which is important, the importance of masks. So to do this, I think, is a simple, sim, not a simple, a stupid mistake. But then her apology, I thought, was kind of weird. It wasn't really an apology. It was kind of just like, you know, she kind of took a jab at the other side because basically the other side, I think, you know, really went after her and saying how hypocritical it was because they believe 
idiotically that it is child abuse to put masks on kids to protect them from catching coronavirus that could potentially put them sick and then kill them. Um, but I just think it was a, a really sad moment for someone who I think is one of the smarter people on the left right now or in politics in general, I've, I believe. And I, but I think it's one of those things where we should like, and she's not the only one doing this. There's been, I think another politician this week I was reading similar kind of thing, these mandates out there and them talking about how important masks are, but then they're in situations where they just don't wear their mask. And I think it's been happening throughout the pandemic in the beginning as well, but on both sides, obviously, but I just don't like when the left does it when we're supposed to be out here preaching that we should have our masks on. So is there any rebuttal here? I mean, it's so hard, right? Like, I really do appreciate Stacey Abrams. I do think that she's absolutely fantastic in a powerhouse. But I also think that it is totally okay for us to support someone and then say, like, hey, this person fucked up. And she certainly did, right? Um, I think... The inconsistent narrative hurts the left because that is a huge um, criticism of the left. So it's an unfortunate thing. And I I look forward to seeing um, the damage control that comes around it. But it's also hard for me to say like, oh, they're overreacting because to an extent, yes, they're overreacting. But to another extent, like you can't say that it's completely invalid how they're responding to this considering how aggressive they've been towards approaching the narrative, they being the right and the left. Like, I, I don't think that this is like a situation where there's like lack of nuance, right? Like, I think it's, like, it, it's, it's stupid. Like she, she should have kept her mask on. Um, one, it, she's double vaccinated and boosted, right? Not sure if she's had COVID or not, but most of us have now. She's in a state like Georgia. She's reading to children and she's specifically there to read about, you know, Black History Month. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for this to be a really great event for your campaign. Like probably the most important thing is for you to like, just keep your mask on because you know that that's what your opponent is going to go after. They're going to say you're a hypocrite for not wearing your mask. I, I, I will say like, I don't think it's the biggest deal. And where my frustration comes is that immediately people go to, if anybody should be wearing a mask, it's Stacey Abrams. You know, she's black. She's a woman. She's uh, obese. Like she should, you know, she's a danger to public health and she, now she's endangering our kids, right? Wink, wink, unless, you know, masks don't work. And I feel like they just make these sort of like false arguments that she could have easily avoided, right? Like, but they make these arguments and it doesn't matter what the argument is. Cause like you said, Erica, it gives ammunition just to, the right wing to say whatever they want. And her apology was kind of weird. It, it was a statement from the Abrams campaign, but posted on her direct Instagram. And it just felt like it wasn't even something that she would have reviewed and been like, yeah, this is a solid statement. And she's not posted anything since. And it, it you know, it, it talks about, it's shameful that our opponents are using a black history month reading event for Georgia children as an impetus for a false political attack. And it is pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. I don't know that it, I would say it's a false political attack, right? Because they're calling you a hypocrite for your political beliefs and policy, unfortunately political, that that unfortunately politicized, that masks work. But then she continues to say, one of Stacey's opponents downplayed the virus while trading stock to profit off 
the pandemic after his private coronavirus briefings as a senator. Another of her opponents attacked mayors seeking to protect their citizens and has failed to expand access to Medicaid, even as rural hospitals closed. This pathetic, transparent, and silly attack is beneath anyone who claims he wants to lead Georgia. Like, at no point does she say, like, I should have kept my mask. Right. That's and, all. And I, I think, I, I, right. Like, and, and so, like, where I was probably, like, yesterday when we were talking about this is, like, like, fuck this. Like, this is just, you know, more ammunition that they don't need. It's, like, a dumb decision. But it gets blown up. And all that people know are the headlines of Democrat caught maskless. Right, right. And then it's just that little hint of for people to say, Oh, my kids really don't need to be wearing masks or the people who are more extreme say, this is like ridiculous. Like kids have to mask. or the more extreme that people are like, this is child abuse in our schools. And I just like, it just fuels the fire and it's a mistake. I just think that like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where exactly I land on it because I'm also like, these are the, the same people attacking her are the same people who have, you know, preached that mask. Well, th- well, that, and that's why I wish she hadn't, she, her, her response wasn't, or the campaign's response wasn't about that. Like the, I wish it had just been like, Hey, I was, or which was from her. And then it was like, Hey, I, I, I'm, and she could have said I'm triple vaxxed. I'm, you know, that, that, not that that completely matters, but it does. And these kids can't be. So that's why they're wearing masks. I know we've been saying we wear masks to protect others, not ourselves. And I should have done it. It was a few minutes. It was a lapse in judgment, blah, 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 blah. Not like the whole second part of that about the stuff that her opponents, it was like, I don't know. I get that it was they came at her politically, but then for her to do that, I feel like it's just like further fuels the fire of people being like, fuck politics in general, fuck all these people, fuck all the leaders. You know, like that's I think what it comes down to. Right. Rather than like had, accountability of what she's Accountability. Doing no one fucking takes accountability. Like that's yeah. and I think that's one of the big issues. And it's shocking from someone like that. I mean, it doesn't change my views on her like, completely at all. Because I I don't personally know where I stand with the mask wearing and if you're triple vaxxed or not, because like, I don't really know if anyone really knows, like I go places without masks right now, but like, I think if I walk into a place where everyone had a mask on, I'd put my mask on. That's just kind of, especially yeah. as a politician where there's going to be photos and everyone's staring at me. Like, I don't know what the logic was, which everyone else has a mask on. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's what I find weird. Right. Like, and that's what I think is like, were the photos for your campaign that important that you needed to take your mask off to make sure your face was seen? I yeah, I don't think it's as hypocritical as like Nancy Pelosi being like, well, it was no. just a blowout. Like that was just dumb. <laughs> you know? yes, but again, yes. that's why like, I think what we're saying is like, we are the party of science. Our, our politicians can make like stupid mistakes all the time, For but sure. it's like the, the politicians are, are just reiterating what the scientists are saying, which is wear a mask. So they're naturally going to make mistakes. But I'm also like, at this point, what the fuck are we doing? Like when I am in a restaurant and then I'm like having a drink and then I need to go and order another one and it's three feet from me and the bartender's like, put your mask on. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like this is not following the science at all. And so it just feels like it's like pandemic exhaustion that this story even was fueled with, with something. I honestly think her campaign would have been better ignoring it. I really think they would have been better ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. Related to this. Uh, there is a New York Times headline that just came out today saying that New York is dropping indoor mask mandates now, too. So yes. we're we're just in this, like, I think this is going to continue to happen as we go into this no man's land of rolling back various mandates and restrictions and COVID measures. The cases are coming down and there seems to be, fingers crossed, an end in sight 
Um, there's data to support that, that things might be winding down. And we're just going to be in this weird area for the next couple of months if the pandemic doesn't pick back up and and we slowly roll out of this thing where this is going to continue to happen. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of a, kind of both. Like on one hand, like you have to draw a line somewhere, even if it is kind of arbitrary, um, because that's how things work. You just have to draw a line. So wear your mask. And that's what we've been saying for so long. And disregarding the fact that the messaging has been fucky from the beginning, um, she should have had it on. But also we are getting into that period where stuff is opening back up and, and things are relaxing and, you know, for better or worse, I don't know. I mean, that's what's that's what's going on right now. And it's not as bad as Boris Johnson having multiple parties throughout the lockdown. Um, but that's what they're going to make it out to be. And, it, you know, it's it's kind of a small thing that could have been easily addressed. But of course, they're going to blow it out of proportion. And it's totally hypocritical. Uh, of the other side but also i get it like everybody's tired of wearing a fucking mask at this point i agree and like one other thing that i read today that just like gave me a little bit of sense of sanity around this was i I don't know if any of you follow uche blackstock she's a doctor um who often appears on like cnn and, and she's done a lot on instagram she's gotten very popular throughout the pandemic um she talked about the fact that um new jersey was also um removing the indoor mask mandate and she um, highlighted just the, the headline of the article from the New York Times. But then she said, if New Jersey's governor is ending school mask mandates, which I feel is premature, then there should at the very least be clear and specific mask guidance tied to metrics like school and community vaccination rates, transmission levels, hospital capacity. What will happen in schools and communities with low vaccination rates? How will schools know when teachers and students should put masks back on? So instead of just lifting the mask mandates, we need to use the time to prepare for for the next surge. So like, what is going to be the role when we're back? Are we going to be installing like more ventilation systems, like the air filters that we know work, you know, like the, even I was just on a flight recently and they, in the safety video, they had a bit about the, you know, the air filtration system. And she said, we're never going back to quote unquote normal, but moving forward, we can still make sure we implement mitigation strategies to minimize infections, hospitalizations, and death. I do agree. Establishing on and off ramp criteria are important as well. My five-year-old recently told me he can't wait to stop wearing masks. Let's all get there together. And I just think like that is the messaging that's been so fucked from the beginning. It's like, we just don't put rules behind some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's so different county by county versus like, if we could just have somebody to sort of tell us what to do, we wouldn't be screaming, keep your mask on. They wouldn't be screaming, you're hypocrites, like, or, or fuck masks entirely. I just, I feel like the the data has not been heard at any level of, of the, you know, government or within the media either. So it's frustrating for sure. I feel like this whole thing is just parents fighting, but they're like fighting, like they're telling each kid a different story. And then you just have to, you're trying to piece together what mom and dad want. And it's, it's so frustrating and exhausting. And it's for me personally, my stance is just wear the mask. You know, if I'm not sure, I'll I'll throw it on. And that's also to say, sometimes it's store by store. Like, I've been to places where I walk in and, you know, they're like, oh, excuse me, you know, can you put your mask on? And it's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then this place next door, no mask, they don't really care. So 
it's just, it's so hard to navigate it when there is so much inconsistency throughout. Agreed. Agreed. Good headline, Kirk. Thank you. Erica, what's your headline this week? My headline ties back to an episode of of prior periods. um, And that is because the White House Task Force has officially announced a plan that takes a pro-union stance. Um, The task force is chaired by the vice president and then Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh. Uh, There's about 70 different policies and all of which are pro-union, pro-collective bargaining, and also making sure that unions are acceptable to people of different backgrounds. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with unions, but as of right now, it's a little bit harder to get in if you don't have a connection to the union. Um, And so there's, I wouldn't say... I would say like nepotism light involved. Um, And so it's, you know, if you know someone, a friend of a friend, but someone has to almost vouch for you. And sometimes that just doesn't happen between different communities. It's great. It's also going to protect workers who want to unionize. And I think it really takes a big step for our country because unions are the reason why we have 40 hour work weeks and, um, You know, there are certain things that are now required because way back when unions organized um, and lobbied for it. So it's a great way of taking the power from the companies and then protecting those people um, who want to take the power back. Eat the fucking rich. This is a great follow up to last week's episode about socialism. Like unions have always been seen as a left wing thing and they are in a way, but I, I really think like they should just be not a left or a right thing. It should just be a thing we do. Um, otherwise, you know, how are you supposed to have any agency for yourself in the working world? You don't. Um, wages aren't transparent. Companies try to hide that all the time. They try to do all kinds of fucky things with benefits and, and raises. I was uh, out to dinner with some friends on Sunday and my one friend was saying his his boyfriend couldn't come because he was on day like 14 or 15 of 12 hour days just back to back to back and i said isn't that illegal and he said well probably but they don't make it mandatory they just like heavily suggest that he needs to do this he works in a car parts manufacturing company they do everything but say it's mandatory. So, of course, what are you going to do when you're working in manufacturing? You're probably not making a ton per hour. Um, it might be even considered unskilled labor, which is a thing that doesn't fucking exist. I hate um, that phrase so much, but it's used all the time. I know. So a if you worked 40 hours a week, 52 weeks out of a year, that's 2,080 hours. So on top of his normal hours, this guy worked 2100 overtime hours last year that's insane so that's over 4000 hours a lot of times when a company i i will say i don't don't know a ton about unions um but don't a lot of times when there's rumblings of people starting a union like you'll get fired (laughs) like yeah amazon like prohibits unions on their property yeah right and they've done all kinds of things like 
you know, by law, you're not allowed to prevent a union from advertising itself or talking to employees, and you're not allowed to prevent employees from voting for a union. But just like mandatory but not mandatory overtime, they find all kinds of ways around it. So, for instance, Amazon um, actually put out ballot boxes for um, employees to put ballots in, but they were controlled by the company. And that led to all kinds of things. Now, they are in legal trouble with the government for all these practices that they did um, because they were so brazen about it, but they're still going to do it. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to pay a fine that to Amazon is absolutely minuscule. And then next time around, they're just going to continue to fucking do it in some other way. They're just going to get sneakier about it. Agreed. Sorry, I had to yell at my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's okay. Well, you do that. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and Andrew and I will do our headlines. All right. Uh, Welcome back to the second part of our episode where Andrew and I will unpack our headlines. Andrew, you are up first and I believe yours is also about money. In a way, Um, So my headline is from the New York Times. It is Eric Prince helped raise money for conservative spy venture. Uh, In 2018, Eric Prince partnered with a guy named Richard Seddon, who is a former British spy who was working on launching a venture to use undercover agents to infiltrate progressive groups, democratic campaigns, and other opponents of Donald Trump or who they saw as opponents of Donald Trump. The article says... Mr. Seddon's recruitment of Mr. Prince to help him secure funding is just one of the new details about Mr. Seddon's operation revealed in documents obtained by the Times and interviews with people familiar with his plans. They provide additional insight into the ambition of the operation to use undercover operatives to target Republicans seen as insufficiently conservative, as well as to, as one of the documents describes it, research, penetrate, and infiltrate the radical left networks. So a little background on our good buddy, Eric Prince, who is a very special little boy. Um, He loves war and killing. So in the early 90s, he went to the Naval Academy um, and also Hillsdale College, which is a deeply conservative Christian college, um, and entered the Navy and was a Navy SEAL officer in the early to mid 90s um, before he left the Navy and founded Blackwater in 1997 with money that he had inherited from his father. His father, Edgar Prince, made his fortune by starting an auto parts manufacturing company in Michigan. And he was also a co-founder and one of the main funders of the Family Research Council, which is known for such hits as being virulently anti-homosexual and employing Josh Duggar, a rising star in the world of Christian pedophilia. (laughs) It's under the umbrella of James Dobson's um, focus on the family organization. So that's like one of the biggest fundamentalist evangelical conservative organizations in the United States. Also, he is the brother of Betsy DeVos, who was the secretary of education for Donald Trump, which is fucking hilarious because she had absolutely no experience for that position. She basically just bought her way into the cabinet position. Um, and her husband founded Amway. So this family has been scamming for a long time. 
So little Eric thinks that the best way to do war is with private armies because they don't have to deal with all that pesky government oversight and bureaucracy. So everybody knows about Blackwater. And in 2007, their operatives opened fire on unarmed civilians in a town square. It was an international scandal and there was all kinds of legal and government scrutiny. And uh, shortly after, Eric Prince had to step down as CEO and then he left the company. But since then, he's been doing all kinds of fun things. Um, he's been trying to start private armies all over the place and been involved in private armies from United Arab Emirates to North Africa to Central Africa. And he's under investigation for a number of different things, including modifying agricultural aircraft into combat aircraft to try to sell to the president of Sudan. So he's up to all kinds of things. You know, he's just a wealthy white man who lives in a completely different world from the rest of us, one where he can operate private armies, advise heads of state, all while making millions and avoiding all legal and moral consequences. So this whole operation that was going on, um, actually, there was a story back in June of 2021 in the New York Times about this. Um, and at that point, they hadn't, I guess, um, found out that Eric Prince was involved in this. They were just talking about this uh, Richard Seaton guy. Th this is something that like, I didn't even know about till t I saw the headline today. Like, It, it kind of flew under the radar, and it's kind of crazy that they were – they were training people and planting them as spies within these organizations. And like, I hope more of this comes to light because like, what the fuck were they were doing? And also Eric Prince at this time was sort of this informal advisor to Trump. Like he wasn't officially part of the administration, which is a whole other problem that this guy could be advising Trump while his sister is also secretary of education. All the while Eric Prince is like running this private military company slash air force in Africa and doing shit in the UAE and other places in the Middle East and possibly trying to broker a deal with uh, the Venezuelan government. And like, it's, it's wild. And he, he's like under all these investigations, but he hasn't faced any actual like trouble for this. He's still doing all this shit. This man sounds like a legitimate James Bond villain. <laughs> drain, drain the swamp, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about swampy elites, like, that's what this guy is. We've talked about him on the podcast before, but I don't remember when or where, because he was a White House and Capitol Hill intern at one point, and he was reflecting on it, and I just was able to pull up this quote, uh, he said, I walked around all the federal agencies and you want to talk about depressing. Oh my gosh, you name it. I saw a lot of things I didn't agree with. Homosexual groups being invited in. The budget <laughs> agreement. The Clean Air Act. Disenchanted. He became a backer of presidential candidate. Pat Buchanan. Like I can't even begin to describe the swamp that is this man. <laughs> and he's still out here donating $250,000 to Trump's campaigns like annually. <laughs> and I think all of this kind of convinced him that working in the government, like it wasn't for him because it was too much red tape and he couldn't just do what he wanted. So his response to this is like, let's just take capitalism to its ultimate extreme. And I'm just going to start my own private army. Like I want to kill people and I can't kill enough people being in the Navy as a fucking Navy SEAL. So I'm going to start my own army. 
Oh, and he was also uh, a CIA asset, helping them with a targeted assassination program where they were hunting and killing suspected terrorists. He's on his third wife, seven children, brother to Betsy DeVos. He's only 52. Like, this man's going to be around for so much longer. <laughs> he was in his 20s when he started Blackwater. <laughs> this is unhinged. This is unhinged. He's, he's wild. I agree. I'm very excited to see how this plays out. Go to photos and you search his name. And the first photo is making me cackle. He like thinks he's James Bond. Just Google his name. <sighs> I'll do yep. it. Really I know this is not a visual podcast, but look. Everyone, everyone pull out your phones, pull over. Oh my God. Like, isn't it literally like a Bond photo? <laughs> he looks that is so oh. extra. Bond and I mean, I'm not going to say, if it was 2.30 a.m. and I'm on Grinder and I'm drunk, I'm not going to say I would say no. Oh my. <laughs> Good Lord, Kirk. But that's why I deleted Grinder last week. Oh. I am and going to do this week's week. episode. Kirk joins <laughs> Grinder again. Oh, he lives, where does he live? Okay, just kidding. Keep it going. Probably, probably Washington, D.C. And Donald Trump's asshole. Oh, my God. Okay, so that was a great headline. I it think was. that we need to come back to that story, and we should just do a whole episode about him. Um, what the fuck was it like the two of them, Eric and Betsy, as kids in Michigan? I can't even imagine. Anyway, um, <clears throat> my headline is a little different. <laughs> And I think it's kind of fun. And I think we're all going to be able to like kiki about this, especially Erica. So my headline is Frontier to buy discount Spirit Airlines for $2.9 billion in a $6.6 billion merger. Wait, why? Why so, Erica? Because she flies Spirit? No, 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 no. Because I'm the most anti-Spirit. <laughs> so, so Frontier and Spirit are essentially merging. So in the proposal, the two airlines, which are, are both discount airlines, would merge with Frontier taking slight ownership. Frontier would hold 51% of the company and seven of the 12 board member spots. So they would have the majority stake. It's going to allow more people to travel to coast to coast, which is great, right? We all need ways to, to be able to get from coast to coast. Kirk's eyes are saying they won't make it that far. <laughs> and I said, so while I thought this was interesting and that it'll be great that more people can travel more affordably, I also came across another article and that was the Wall Street Journal's annual rankings of airlines. And I do just have to say, Eric is going to love this because the number one airline by the Wall Street Journal is Delta Airlines. Yeah, motherfucker, let's fucking go, B. <laughs> and then in sixth place, it's Frontier, and they are actually tied with American Airlines, which is my favorite airline. <laughs> the ghetto, the ghetto. <laughs> and Spirit Airlines is just behind them, but the worst airline. I want to see if you guys can get this. I want to see if you can get this. Uh, it, Alaska. United. Andrew? Yeah, I would say United. Didn't they beat up that, that Asian guy? Oh, that's that was, like so many news cycles that was, ago. That was three years ago. That doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> I'm talking quality of the plane. That's all I care about when I go on the uh, plane. Well, Kirk, you're wrong because uh, uh, Alaska Airlines is ranked number two just behind Delta. Oh, wow. And United is above in either like fourth or fifth place, I think. The worst airline of last year was JetBlue. <laughs> I don't even know who that hoe is. <laughs> But anyway, back to Frontier. So minutes after the merger was announced, <laughs> literal minutes, Frontier had to ground every single flight across the country. 
<laughs> they had, quote unquote, an operational meltdown due to aircraft automation issues. 22% of flights were canceled. 23% were delayed. All of them were grounded. It was just a complete and utter disaster. And I'm not saying that the news of Spirit Airlines and Frontier merging <laughs> made all the planes try to drop from the sky, but I'm also not not saying that. So basically, they're trying to merge. Experts still don't know if the deal is going to go through, but the Biden administration has already blocked a merger of JetBlue and American, which I think would have just been the worst airline in the entire country. Um, But basically saying that less competition between JetBlue and American would lead to higher prices for all of us. But internal people at Spirit and Frontier are saying it's actually going to increase competition by connecting more hubs. So where people are now going to be able to travel more affordably across the United States. So there's obviously more to come. But as somebody who is interested in traveling, I just thought this was super interesting, not because I'm terrified of like what the new branding would be on a Frontier and Spirit flight, um, but also just like that airlines are ranked every single year. And also I had no idea that Delta was that nice or Alaska airlines for that matter. Like I just like, I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting thing. And also again, a kudos to the Biden administration. That's a positive that they are blocking mergers like this, that create more monopolies and fuck all of us over. Cause then we're all dealing with shitty service, shitty flights, uh, high prices and flight delays. Like, I just think the whole thing is good. I don't know that they're going to block this one specifically. And I actually don't know that it makes sense to do so because they still won't be as big as like an American. But it's just kind of an interesting story to see like how the Biden administration is treating different potential monopolies within the marketplace or different the creation of a potential duopoly in the in the marketplace, but also just (laughs) the fear of frontier and spirit becoming one. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's just, it's like, first off, will there be cushions on the seat at, at all? Because as of right now, n- neither of them have cushions on their seat. So that's, I hope the merger then allows for that. I don't, I don't know what, I'm just so interested what the plane looks like. But this is like the two worst players on a team getting together to like make their own team. Like it, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make much sense to me. It's like Andrew and Paul starting a podcast on their own without us. Oh, like, I was going to say, I was going to say Kim and Kanye, but uh, okay. Craig, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> that was no, good. They're the two worst things. Do it's just I don't. I, I think, but it also makes sense because I have always viewed them similarly. Like when I like I've flown Frontier and I have flown Spirit, and I'll say it. Okay, I'll say it. And I the experience is the same. Like it's equally as fucking horrible as as the next. So I I was enjoying Twitter with this. It was funny because there's always whenever Spirits in the news, if like there's always that meme of the um, it's that airplane. It's like just fucking like dancing on the runway and like losing its shit, and it's like <laughs> just all, it, it kills me. And it's supposed to be a story. I do follow one gay who's the flight attendant. Shocking, and um, they work for Spirit, and they're like, please don't ask me any more questions on my Instagram story about this merger. I was like, bitch, no one's asking you <laughs> about this merger. I just, you like just started working there yesterday. I just. <laughs> I just trust, number one, that is such a gay man thing to do. I know, he was like, everyone stop asking me. I wonder if I'm like, please show me who the hell's asked you about yeah, this murder. The, I'm sorry that your mom DM'd you. But yeah. like, I think that the other thing, like, I just like generally don't think I could ever fly spirit. The yellow is just unsettling. <laughs> I've done it and I've done it to California. And that's a long, Ooh, longer <laughs> Times were tough. But um, your ass never recovered. I know. No. Oh, Can gosh. someone please sponsor a Kirk? For just twenty dollars a day, <laughs> you two can allow him to pick his seat. <laughs> I wonder if you can pick your seat on those flights. To be honest, no, you have to pay to pick it. To pick it, to strike. 
literally, oh my God, you have to pay to pick your seat. And literally, I will always tell the story whenever the opportunity comes up is my friend Lexi. Um, she flew either like a Spirit or one of the Panama airline flights or something like that. I believe it was Spirit. And she was freezing cold on the flight. And she said to the flight attendant, she said, would you be able to get me a blanket? And the flight attendant looked her dead in the eyes and said, no, but I could grab a trash bag for you if you wanted. Full <laughs> stop. Like she had said it 15 times already that day, that that is the only option if you are cold on a flight. There are zero blankets. Like that's how they save on their costs. It can't work. No. I know. I know. Do they even, they don't even have like premium classes, right? Yeah, they have cushions on those seats. Like it's just a normal fucking seat is a premium. The, first the, other, the other ones are Catholic school chairs, like dead bolted into the floor. <laughs> yes, they're like those blue chairs. <laughs> yes, that is literally what it is. It is miserable. And you, you, you pay, and they act like it's so cheap, but you pay for your seat and you also pay for your bag. And I, you like have to, you get there and they're like, oh, you have to pay for everything you're bringing with you. It's like Ticketmaster. You have to pay like a, a processing fee, yes. a Ticketmaster fee. And then it's like, oh, uh, the landing fee. It's like, <laughs> we might not make it. I know. It's, yeah, it's it. funny. I've gotten like advertisements from them before, like emails. And it's always like, oh, you could fly to somewhere for $40. But when you actually go to the site, like that price doesn't exist fucking anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like you have to fly at like eleven thirty PM on a Tuesday. <laughs> and you have six layovers. <laughs> yeah. Now so it, to that point, this merger could fix some of that. Yeah, well, yeah. they're claiming they're claiming it's they're, they're gonna be investing and in bringing growth to their art to their to their um, brands. All for it. Because JetBlue used to be my favorite, but the last few times I've flown her, she is awful. People are fighting. They get drunk and they scream and then there's delays. It's just been a mess. So are they changing the name? Do we know? I don't know. I think it'll be Frontier for a bit, but God, I mean, could you imagine what how did what are they gonna put a cling wrap around the plane? Like <gasps> I, hope they, I just hope they get rid of the, the yellow. Uh, we can only hope. It, it, with our luck, they will combine the green and the yellow. <laughs> and oh be like, oh, like a neon. Are they going to become more like an actual like airline and the prices are going to go up? So then there's going to be some new, even shittier startup that comes along. And it's like the Uber of the skies that's like really horrible. The last thing we need is Ryanair to start flying in the U.S. Because... You want to talk about the ghetto, Erica? Like that one. That I flew Ryanair. Oh, me too. Flew the I, they always give me. They always give me a Twix every every <laughs> time I'm there. Twix. Is that? I feel like every time I've been on Ryanair, I've gotten a Twix. Is that just a thick me thing? Maybe I don't know. I flew Swiss Air, and they gave me premium Swiss chocolate, ninety nine percent cacao. Hello, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a Twix. <laughs> I'm like landing in fucking like France and Nice. I'm like, yes, my Twix. I was happy about it. Not, not Nice. This is this is Kirk's vacation. I'm going to Mykonos, Nice, Tulum. I've never been to Mykonos, but I have been to Nice. Okay, oh my god, let's get... go to Mykonos. Okay, Honey, okay. That's okay. How you throw a party in Mykonos, bitch. Andrew? I think front. I think Frontier flies there. No, I literally <laughs> would rather take a fucking... Wait, it does say... Like, if you go to their Twitter right now, Spirit's Twitter. Hold on, let me read it to you because I was kind of shocked by this. It says, um, we'll invest in innovation and growth and bringing more ultra-low fares to travelers in the U.S., Latin America, and the Caribbean. Who's going to Latin America on this plane? Who's going on these planes? 
Was, they launched a flight from Fort Lauderdale to Honduras on the fifth, on the third. We're we're bordering on elitism right now, so let's take a quick break. And I know it's gross. It's it gross. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final segment of the episode, Pack It Up. Um, This is where we highlight a person or organization or something in pop culture that needs to pipe down and pack it up. Everybody will go. This section will last no longer than 15 minutes. JK, it always does because these are our rants. Kirk, you are up first. Okay, I'm wrapping wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. (laughs) I haven't done that in a while. Um, I'm packing up. (gasps) Practice practice safe sex, kids. Leave it in. Leave it in. It kind of it kind of um, goes hand in hand with what I'm packing up. I'm packing up retired Pope Benedict because I don't know if anyone noticed today what he said, but we're gonna read it. Okay, so. Retired Pope Benedict, I can't read Roman numerals because I'm stupid, asked forgiveness Tuesday for any grievous faults in his handling of clergy sex abuse cases. But at the same time, in the same breath, he denied any personal or specific wrongdoing. So this is like saying, hey, I'm sorry, but I did nothing wrong. Like that is literally what this man just said to hundreds of, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but thousands of people that were sexually abused at the hands of the Catholic Church when he was running the Catholic Church, when he wasn't running the Catholic Church, when he was in the Catholic Church his whole life. And he comes out and says that I don't think anyone even asked for this. So he's just saying it to say it. That he apologizes, but does not take credit or does not think he, there was any wrongdoings. Um, I think that this is just like, I mean, I would, I mean, I feel like we've talked a bit about the Catholic Church at times on here, but like it, I was talking to my, my family today about it. And we're not like anything ridiculously Catholic. We all grew up this way. And, and I, it's interesting to see my parents and our parents' generation when this stuff starts happening because they start to really, there, there's no defense to it. And I think it's the one thing that you can't like, that generation can't sit here and defend. Um, and this comes after the current Pope has done a lot of weird stuff lately with like, you know, saying that people who don't have children and have pets instead of children, that whole thing and all that stuff. So I just think that, the, that we need to pack up this Pope who has already packed himself up because he retired, which is also something you don't do as a Pope. You just do it until you die. And then um, continuously every day we should pack up the Catholic Church. Agreed. Co-signed. Period. Mate. Erica, who are you packing up? I'm packing up a group of people, um, a category, if you will. And that is these fucking idiot men on Tinder. Obviously, we know about the Tinder swindler situation. Well, I too have been swindled. And I want to say his name so I could blow up his spot. But obviously, there's repercussions for that. But he took money from me for tickets to a game. And there are no tickets to the game. And he keeps claiming that he has no money. So he said that he sold the tickets and he'll give me my money back. That was like a month and a half ago. I am fully prepared to punch him in the throat. Um, I'm not going to follow through on that for any police who are listening. (laughs) Um, But also, thank you for listening. Police police following, I think. I was going to say, thanks for listening. That's like fun. But that is to say, I'm also in this group, and I'm not going to say the name, but it is basically where women are warning each other of men that they've encountered on dating apps. Obviously, there's catfish, but there's been examples of men who were secretly recording the women that they were sleeping with. There is a guy who is willing to pay (laughs) for pictures of women's teeth. (laughs) 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 <laughs> bro likes his enamel <laughs> Oof. Uh, 
um, obviously like married men, men with families, men who are in relationships. And I just want all of you to know that we're fucking watching you and we will air you all the way out. And I've met fellow victims of my scammer. We do have plans to meet up because we're, I guess, in this weird sisterhood now. Men of Tinder or Hinge or whatever else apps there are, you can pack it the fuck up and out of my city. A preach. I think podcast number two that we launched should be a podcast with these women who've been swindled. I agree. Oh my God. Like a it's cereal. Like, but this is like the janky twin Tinder swindler. It's like $200 tickets to Sixers <laughs> game. What was the fucking documentary? This girl goes in like $400,000 worth of debt. <laughs> I have my thoughts on though. If this girl's not Erica in this situation, this is stupid. Like she thought she was going on a date with this guy. Like obviously this is warranted to, to give him money. Right? Like yeah. you thought you were. Yeah. So it's a, it was valid. Paul's face. I didn't say Erica was stupid. Are you I about said to drag just, these women in this documentary? No, no. Thank but I God. do have to say, Paul, you need, did you watch it? Yes. Okay. I don't know. Like, I think like if you were dating somebody and someone, or Erica was going on dates with this guy and he was like, I need a loan for $30,000. And she mentioned this to us. And one of us didn't say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you giving this man $30,000? I'm not saying it's on the women, but it's like, what? Like what, what, what possesses someone to, Erica, would you ever do that? You would never give me thirty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, that's give fine. You thirty dollars. That's fine. I don't. I'm not asking for any money. Just sponsor me. I, I'm not blaming blaming them, but it is kind of wild. Like, where are these women's friends? Yeah, no, that's I'm, real. That's what I mean. I don't think they're clearly they're victims, but it still just boggles me that people do. The people. It's it's. I guess it's this like psychological. It's it's it's, it's just everyone's different. But it, it is. I think wild. it is. I think it's totally psychological. Yeah, I mean it's manipulation, and it's but it's the fact I could never imagine getting a forty thousand dollar loan out for some dude I've met once. Yeah. Honestly, watch next week. I've done this probably. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like pretty sure I have one of those guys here in Columbus. So um, oh my God. anyway, uh, Andrew, who or what are you packing up this week? I am packing up broke ass companies that we all work for. Oh my God. Okay. I did not co-sign this yet. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This does not reflect my opinions. At this so. point, Andrew is talking about the, his former employer. Um <laughs> <laughs> We, we all work for fairly large companies. They make all kinds of fucking money, billions and billions. And over the last two years during this fucking pandemic, they've been real stingy with the raises. They've been real stingy with the hiring. We're under a, a headcount freeze where I work. And that's killing me because um, I'm a department of one, basically. And... Every year, we have this Associate Appreciation Day, or I guess now it's called a Team Member Appreciation Day or whatever. And I think most big companies do this. But it's another example of companies talking the talk but not walking the walk, where they could do something nice for people, like, I don't know, give them raises or hire more people or give people a day off. But today, I got a request to make a video for this Appreciation Day uh, which is March 4th, by the way. And they sent me a video that UPS had made that the CHRO of UPS has up on his LinkedIn right now. And this is a highly produced video that probably took minimum of two months to produce and probably cost about 30 grand or more to produce. And they're like, hey, can you do this in three weeks? <laughs> and this is what we're going to do. They're, they're like, in the past, we've given out like, swag to our team members but this year we want to do something really special so we're going to spend 30 fucking thousand dollars making this dumbass video and have them watch it like your average <laughs> customer service 
Wait, employee. have them have them watch it. That's what the plan was. That now, it, like normally, I, mean, I would say, it. I would say, like sending out a fucking mouse pad to people, like that's dumb enough. If you send them some branded swag or some chotsky, like that's stupid. Like we have an internal award system where you can get gift cards and stuff. Send people fucking gift cards send them a grubhub gift card something and now they're not even going to like be sending out like some bullshit swag they're going to be fucking showing them a video like if you can spend if you have fucking thirty thousand dollars in your budget to blow on i mean this this video was heinously stupid and they were all like <laughs> oh look how awesome it is it was like it was like the chro and a couple of the other like hr members like attempting to rap and sing it was <gasps> absolutely horrible Ooh. i couldn't watch 20 fucking seconds of this thing and it was almost four minutes And uh, like, take that money and just give it to the people. Take the money, give it to the people. (laughs) I have no words, and I also I also don't know where you work. Oh no! I like I think also the Andrew the the money too, but like it also goes back to we've been talking about this a lot lately is the um, timing too. Like they're giving you a very limited amount of time to create something. Yeah, they're like we want to we want to show how much we appreciate the employees by making you work crazy overtime and over the weekend to get this done. Of course, I did say no to this project. I said there's just no physical way we can get this done with my current like workload. But like the fact that they would even want to do it and spend money on it is just spend the money on the people please they literally could spend 45 dollars on a gift card to everyone literally the price yeah. of a, of a mean, frontier flight you know. <laughs> <laughs> on a tuesday with six layovers yeah. from no return from flight. newark to jfk listen, that's great content you send them on their flights they, they record it themselves not pissed they are at the company they put them on these flights i love it <laughs> edit that video uh well speaking of traveling uh I just got back from a trip and I would like to pack up the state of Florida, (laughs) but it's not just the state itself. It is the people who live there, the people who vacation there, the people who pass through there, the number of questionable t-shirts and signs that I saw over the last week. I've never been more shocked. And I live in Ohio. (laughs) Okay. Like the first one, which I already texted you guys about was a man walking through the airport in a camouflage shirt that said American by birth, NRA member by choice. (laughs) NRA, for those who don't know, is the National Rifle Association. The next shirt that I saw was freedom for firefighters. Protect red lives with the "Don't Tread on Me" snake flag on the back of the T-shirt. Oh, hold on, I just I just want to know, like, who is out here saying all firefighters are bastards? I want to like, know that fucking like, too. Literally, no. Wait, we need to clear that up. No actually, one. oh, I feel like I hear that a lot. People, and like, I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I could. You know what? It's because people think like um, liberals, the left, whatever, hate anyone like that. You know, like plumbers. I don't think it's fucking plumber. Like, I I need a plumber. What was that wrong? Who who hates plumbers? People think that. Well, I hate the plumber that was outside my house the other fucking day with those Trump stickers on his damn fucking bed. Maybe I do fucking hate plumbers. Okay. Okay. So but, we we, oh, found, on. we found the one progressive in America that's like fuck these firefighters. There, my friend is a volu- no, my friend's a volunteer firefighter, and he'll like say people like 
I don't, I mean, I don't think he, he there's this, he tells me that people at the other firefighters at the, the firehouse, I guess it's called. They, um, they think that they're like anti liberals. They think liberals hate them. They think like the left hates them. Like, no, what, what when are we ever going to, oh, no, no, I've no, never no. heard anyone I've, come for a firefighter. I have always thought that that is related to the, like, there's this kindred spirit between emergency personnel, firefighters and police officers. Like that they run yes. in the same crowd. Well, I don't know if they do. Do they really though? I don't they know. They do. They do. I mean, well, there I, is a, there's a firefighter flag, like the blue lives matter flag. I've seen red, like yeah. a red flag. I mean, I don't know if they're saying red lives matter, but it is the same exact flag with a red stripe. But nobody's it. treading on firefighters. I think they're great. Kind of hot. Okay. Like, now we're fetishizing firefighters. That has, That's literally been a thing for decades. Kurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love a firefighter. Listen, fire, if I, my house burns down, I need you. Right. It's already burned we down. Totally, we just totally derailed Paul's pack it up. But that's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. But if I but if I like if I get shot, I don't need the police. I need emergency personnel. Like don't like do you know what I mean? Like like I don't have a need usually. I don't have a need for the police. Okay, we need to go back to Florida though, because <laughs> <laughs> Oh well don't worry, we're still on firefighters because the next man I thought I, I saw it was a never forget fire department of New York t-shirt with an American flag bathing suit. Uh, the man was probably 23. So like, I'm not saying that nine 11 didn't impact his life, but I just don't believe that nine 11 should be a personality trait. He was screaming at his wife on the beach. <laughs> like, I just was like, oh, this, this is where we are people. Uh, and the entire experience was topped off um, with a plane that flew across the beach with a banner that said, support Canadian truckers. We are in Florida. Girl, what? <laughs> and we have someone, someone in Florida is paying for a plane to fly with a banner on the back that says, support Canadian truckers. This, the ones who don't want to get vaccinated or wear masks. Yeah. W- number one, what statement are you making? <laughs> Who, you couldn't who be further away from Canada. You literally Obviously, could not get further away. I will say they're hitting a market that they know is unaware of their product. So they were thinking a little bit. Which is just so funny because there are people down there who are like, oh, Canada's fine, but fuck the border down here. Close it up. I know. They probably don't the difference yeah, what? It's also a fucking border. goddamn foreigners now? <sighs> it really Florida is. is truly terrible. Did you have any fun there, though? Oh, I loved it. I would go back. Oh. He, got, he got mad drunk. <laughs> All he was doing was posting pictures of mojitos. Like, oh, I was living my best life. Uh, drinking, sitting on the beach, sitting in the pool. Like, it was amazing. Uh, the people that I interacted with myself or chose to interact with were pleasant and lovely. I just think that every other person I saw there was either inches from death or inches from using a racial slur. <laughs> Like it was or inches from your hole. Well, and that's our episode this week. <laughs> um, well, this has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, feel free to let us know. Leave us a like, comment, follow me, follow anybody here. Uh, tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your Catholic priest. I uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I really um, appreciated this episode. Thank you all so much for joining me and we will talk to you next week. And maybe we'll be talking about Eric Prince because Jesus Christ. Uh.